0: Dylan starts us off this week. We're going to win the league with set-piece goals. It's not a typical crew team but it is a great one. Trevor Griffiths thinks that the no-nonsense Reds are looking solid and the season might go better than expected. Steve Grice also makes the point that it's not a typical crew performance with two goals from corners and a clean sheet. He adds that the summer business is looking very solid. Andy O'Neill agrees with that last part and says a solid base is helping create chances. Five goals scored, one conceded, can't ask for more. Brad picked out Sambu as class and thought Ainley was man of the match, something Tom Mayo agreed with, adding that McDonald was impressive at the back. Jack Edwards also picked out McDonald along with Sambu in a good team performance. Chris Thompson has two questions after that one. When did we last win two games in a row? And when did we have a positive goal difference? All good signs. Mr. B would like more composure, but it was a decent performance and no complaints about how the season has started. Hello, and welcome back to the Railwaymen podcast. I am back in the hosting chair this week after a week off. Um, Steve's more than capable hosting last week. Just a little thank you to him. And just like Steve last week, I get to host after a crew win. This time, uh, the home game against Harrogate. My panel to discuss the game are Tom Bailey. Hello, Tom.
1: Hi, Stuart. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. Steve Bennett. Hello, Steve. Hello from sunny Sandbach. Hi, Steve. And then Tim Robinson, a last minute replacement, jetting in uh, on his holiday. So hello, Tim. Honesty, Stu. Thank you guys for being with us. Um, so, yeah, first note for me, uh, it must be nice for you guys to talk to a host who was actually at the football game for a change. Um, but after about half an hour, Tom, I don't know if you felt the same, I felt like we were going to be struggling for content for this podcast. It was solid. Crew looked okay, but nothing really happened, did it, in the first half an hour?
1: No, absolutely. And I, I didn't get to see the match last week. And after all the reports of, you know, what sounded like quite a swashbuckling first half, I was a bit disappointed because, yeah, they weren't terrible, but they, they weren't creating a huge amount, as you say, in that first half an hour. Solid, um, but but not a lot going forward.
0: Tim... Is solid but not a lot happening something that you're happy with this season to start with after last season of not so solidness?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I thought the the opening period was very, very similar to the first half against Rochdale, really. Um, We weren't as fluent as I think we probably will be later in the season, but we seem to hold the opposition at arm's length quite comfortably. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. It did feel similar to me watching it,
0: that not a lot happened. And then all of a sudden, Steve, something did happen. And again, just like Crew not being solid last season, where it does seem they are this year, Crew scored a goal from a
3: corner. Um, I know, I know. It was it was something of a shock. But we'd, we'd had a couple of decent chances before that. I, I agree just to jump back, um, just reiterating what the other guys had said, that it, that it, was, it was solid without being spectacular um on Saturday um I do think that we were the better side they'd come not to be picked off and beaten easily they got two banks to play through and and uh, tried to sort of stifle our our play but we as you said we scored again in a in an unconventional way for crew um and I think um I did remark to somebody yesterday that I think the last time I saw us Score from a corner. Mark Gardner took it. Um, yeah, so there was a there was a, a a corner corner came in from our right, a high booming corner to the far far post again. Another another tactic we've never really employed, certainly not for many years. And uh, Zach Williams looped around the back, and I think he meant to um, knock it back back uh, over in the air, but he actually knocked it into the ground, which kind of Bamboozled everybody, and it, it bounced up and over the keeper and everybody, and both Ajay and um, Sambu were there ready to head it in with Ajay getting getting there first and delirium at Grassy Road. Uh,
0: someone I was with, I can't remember if it was Aaron or another friend that I was at the game with yesterday, described it as uh, a crew goal to concede, and I think what that is code for is you're Very disappointed to concede a goal like that. Like you say, Zach hit it into the ground, looped over the goalie and a couple of the f- defenders. And yeah. then and it was Aji or Sambu who was going to score. There was no one else really anywhere near it in the end.
3: Yeah, absolutely. A crew goal through and through. But normally the ones we concede in the you know, whatever 47th minute, um, in, in you know, in injury time or whatever. Um, yeah, it was, and and we've almost slowly become a little bit on um, I thought it was interesting that we, we seem to dispense with the meaningless playing out from the keeper. Um, and jump, this is jumping ahead, sorry, for a bit of a summary of the game. <laughs> but we seem to have dispensed with with that a little bit, although that may be down to having a new goalkeeper and, and not wanting him. I thought that he did play it out a lot more, and bowl it out a lot more than he had done at Rochdale um yesterday but um I do think we we are changing our style to be a little bit more um or rather less pretty on the eye and sort of done away with those meaningless football for football's sake things that we we've, we've done that have often got us into trouble and not helped us I don't know what the others thoughts are on that
1: Yeah yeah absolutely it- it more to me. I mean, I don't get to see as many games as, as some of you guys, but certainly from what I saw last season, it just seemed that we were happy to mix it up and and as you say, Steve, not just pay play try and play you know twelve passes around at the back for the sake of it before sort of going into midfield and then back to defence again and, and then inevitably lose it. Um, when the direct ball was on, we took it and there were, we we carved out a couple of chances in that first half from doing just that. I think. You know, Brooke Brooke went through. I think I think it was Sambu um, brought it what out. What a ball that was! Yeah, what and, a, and it, that
3: was.
1: it kind of launched a direct pass, but it but it was with purpose. You know, it was between two defenders ahead of Brooke, who who kind of ended up snatching it back across the keeper, and keeper got a hand to it, and it it, it trickled just wide. But yeah, it's really pleasing to see them happy to do that when when the opportunity is there.
0: So Tim, one goal from a corner. That's obviously not going to happen. Probably for the rest of the season again, or so you thought. And then, what, three, four,
2: five minutes later? Up pops Kelvin Mitrovic with a back post header. Uh, sorry, Kelvin Meller with a back post header. Um, and yeah, absolute cracker. An interesting point on that Kelvin Meller goal is that it's eight and a half years since he scored his last goal for the club and that goal yesterday, which. As far as I can work out, it's the longest gap between crew goals since Jeff Thomas came back and scored a goal 14 years after his previous goal for the club before he signed for Palace in 87. Obviously, those of you who were in CW2 yesterday won't have heard the I follow commentary, but Pete Moss made the point that that's now three goals from set pieces in two games, which is more than crew normally get in a full season. Um, but it, it, it wasn't just the two goals. We looked to threat all day. Um, Meller had another one early in the first half where he peeled off at the back post and decided to take a touch instead of hitting it straight on the volley. Um, McDonald, again, in the first half, had one where he peeled off and won the ball at the back post and headed it back across goal. Um, You can tell we've put in some real work in the training ground on these set pieces and we look a real threat. Um, And again, Pete Morse made the point that this isn't Alex Morris' doing. He leaves the, the set pieces to Kenny Lunt and Lee Bell and the players. work out for themselves but whatever they're doing on the training ground they're doing it very well why has it taken so long though because we've had kenny Lund involved with the coaching staff for a while now
0: and when i was watching kenny play for crew you knew if you got a free kick or a corner you know somewhere around the the area it was going to be a good ball in so why has it taken them so long to realize that the guy who's really good at free kicks
2: might be good at coaching free kicks? I guess the other aspect to it is having the targets to aim for. You know, we've got Connor Thomas, who's a defensive midfielder who's six foot three. We've got a right book, a right back who's six foot three, and we've got two very, very tall and athletic strikers on the pitch. Yeah, it
3: make it does it make it makes an absolute difference, doesn't it? Such things. Um, we're not a small side anymore. And just jumping back again to to what you were saying there. Tim I I never thought we we looked even remotely in trouble yesterday although you know we we might say it wasn't um quite the free-flowing football we were kind of some sort used to over the years I never thought that that we were going to do anything but break through and, and win that game um I think Harrogate will be fairly typical of a lot of the teams in in that league in that they're they they don't necessarily have that little bit of quality that we we've seen in League One the past couple of years and and it, it, there is there is that although they're not neither Harrogate nor Rochdale are the best two sides in that division and I wouldn't expect either of them to be near the top I think they're both going to be fairly typical of what we face and if if so then you know we we've looked quite quite decent against them and definitely. A little bit of a quality gulf there, but we'll—I guess—we'll see, won't we? As, as the time goes on. What I would mention, though, about that first half in particular, and it also harks back to Rochdale, is the the um, the performances of uh, uh, Sambu. I think he's been an absolute revelation. I thought he was everywhere yesterday, again like he was at Rochdale, and um, he's he's. It, what he lacks in pure quality in terms of his technique, he more than ma- ma- makes up for with his, his running and his harrowing um, and his, um, his um, all round play, really. He was an absolute pest. And that uh, breakaway, which we already alluded to a few minutes ago, um, when, when I responded to Tom's point that he, he, he got the ball on the edge of our box, did a Ronaldo chop inside, ran 15, 20 metres and then pinged the ball 60 yards forward, which was absolutely something, something David Beckham would have been proud of, to be honest, that ball. Um, an absolute sea change in that player and somebody who a lot of the fans have, let's say, not taken to or in some some corners mocked. And I thought his, his change and his his um improvement has been stark to be honest um i want to talk about sambu um
0: but just whilst with well loosely on the kelvin mellow goal and it's something you've just said there steve uh, about the fact that some fans uh including myself were not sold on sambu um something with kelvin mellow i wrote down in my notes are the first thing is that was a real defender's ball. I think, you know, he's come up and he's just dominated the air and he's put it in. But the other thing that I want to ask you guys about is when Cruz signed Calvin Miller, they almost did it in an embarrassed way that, that, oh, we've signed and we know he's going to be unpopular and everyone's going to be saying, oh, it's a job for the boys and all of this. And they sort of didn't put, even though he'd signed first, they didn't announce it until second because they were worried that the reaction was going to be really negative. Tim, after two games, the Watchdale game and this one, can we say that he has proven that that criticism was unfair, uh, based on the two performances we've seen so far,
2: and what you guys saw in pre-season as well? The first thing to say is, I was one of the people who wasn't sure it was going to be a very good signing. I thought he'd be a dependable squad player, but probably no more than that. Um I have to hold my hand up and say I was wrong. He's been absolutely excellent so far. He literally could not have done anything more than he's done. He's been he's been brilliant. And and actually with the possible exception of Charlie Colker, I think all of the signings have been very good. Um the, the recruitment guys can have a swig of their tipple of choice because um so far from what we've seen, they've got it absolutely spot on for what this team needed. Yeah, so Tom, let's go back to Steve's point then about Sambu because I wrote
0: down how good is he? question mark. And I've done that because I genuinely don't know. I think he, he has all the ability to be amazing. But then at the end of the day, he is someone who's come to crew at the time, bottom of League One, definitely going to be in League Two next year. And there's a the reason. Uh, he's, he seems to be like he's a real enigma of a player.
1: Yeah, agreed. From, from what I've seen, I, I, I haven't completely made my mind up either. But I agree that yesterday, I agree with Steve, there was one moment that was frustrating he did a lot he did some really good work down the left and ended up running it out of play when when you just really <laughs> wanted him to fire it across the goal or have a good yeah. goal and, and and that kind of summed up what I had seen of him up up until yesterday but as Steve says the effort he put in yesterday and I know effort <laughs> effort's the least you would expect from a player but the amount of times he he ran back won the ball back from from that position you know at wide left and and the, you know that that great pass to, to Brook, the work rate and the desire that he's shown is 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 really really excellent to see. And I, I saw the interview with Morris after the after the game and said that you know he he said he wants to play through the middle and how likely he's he's going to get that chance with the players we've got is, is um, I, I I don't know but. Morris says he said to him, you know, whatever position you can get into the team at, you, you need to make it work because it's an opportunity for you. And it, it looks to me like he's taken that on board and he's he's wanting to improve. And, and as you say, it's very hard to know what, what we've got there because it looks like raw talent to me. It, he needs to develop, but there's definitely something there, I think.
0: I think there was a move, yes, that really sums him up as a player crew were defending in their own box and it fell to Sambu and his method of clearing it was to do a bicycle kick in his own area and from that it led to one of the fastest crew breakaways I've seen for a couple of years Aini was involved Adju was involved and then it came back to Sambu who'd come from the box and he was almost at the edge of their box and just when it was about time to score or do something he passed it straight to a Harrogate defender and I was like (laughs) this is Sambu he is capable of brilliant but he's capable of you know park football at the same time and hopefully with the coaching Morris Kenlund uh Lee Bell etc we can get this clearly there's a player there it just needs to be more um more often and more consistent I think
3: yeah I'd, I'd like to just add and that yeah the we we were we were chuckling and did Said exactly the same about the um, that one with the bicycle kick that he he very nearly scored the goal of this or any other season, and um, managed to completely fluff it up, um, which it kind of summed him up. What I would say is that um, I don't. He, he's clearly not not the best player we've ever had. You know, he's not a Dean Ashton or a Danny Murphy, is he? But he's. Um, I would say we've certainly had a lot worse, and I wasn't sure whether we were going to be saying that with the Sambu we saw for last the back end of last season um it, it's all good with, with him at the moment um and' we'll, we'll, you know it, it, it's it it's a good problem to have when you've got a player that um if we don't really know what he's going
2: to do, neither do the opposition. Just one thing on the team selection there. there were a lot of calls before the game for, or before the team was announced for Baker Richardson to come in in place of Sambu, um, but he went with the same lineup again from Rochdale, and I'm really pleased that he did. I'm really pleased that he kept Sambu and rewarded the fact that it was a winning team lineup. Yeah, so when you know when we ask for
0: comments uh, from people to get involved with the pod, Sambu was someone who was mentioned by a couple of people as possible man of the match. Someone else who um, was mentioned more than Sambu, and I would say this person is also someone who has split the fan base between how good is he, is he actually any good, can he play football? Uh, and he's really showing this season that the answer is, yes, he can so far, is Callum Ainley. Um Tom, are you as surprised as I am with the form that he's shown at the start of this season?
1: Definitely. Um, again, from, from the games I saw live last season, I found him incredibly frustrating last season. Um, I, I think it was the Oxford game at home. I saw and it, in particular where he just, whenever the ball came to, he just looked like he he didn't know what he wanted to do. And, and I don't know whether it's a confidence thing. He's he's obviously played in this division before in a in a successful side, and he knows he can do it. I don't I don't know what it is, but or, or whether it is the coaching and, and just a little bit of belief has been instilled in him, but but yeah i thought he was incredibly lively yesterday he looked very good um i think he he took the corner for for Meller's goal and he was involved in in um the build up for the for the third goal we'll talk about in a minute but he just thought he was lively for the whole match and and just looks like he believes in himself which is is really good to see and and again as you say you know i think a lot of people were were a lot of people some of the fan base were were hoping he was one of the ones on the way out um or not going to be involved this season and 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 yeah, he he looks he looks right at place.
3: Yeah, just to add add to that myself. Um I'm, I'm somebody who's who's on the record really, I guess, via via this pod as much as anything, with saying that Callum is is a player that was the first to break through of that Charlie Kirk and uh Pixie group and all of that, but is the one that has never actually sort of made that extra step and that that sort of improvement and and been even on the radar really to be to be sold anywhere else um, it, it's interesting and although you know i'm not not going to necessarily sit here and say I was totally wrong, I think that um, that his performances this season have been a stark improvement again, and whether that is the coaching or whether it's a combination of uh, that and, and the slight drop in level, that he's had a couple of seasons where it's that little bit quicker and, and higher, higher quality in League One. And, and he, he's therefore finding a little bit more comfort in, in, in League Two. Or the other thing that I think that we we, we do need to address, and it's something we've, we've commented on lots of times before, he's actually playing in his, in his favourite position. He's actually started the season as the first choice number 10. And I, I don't know the lad. I don't know his psyche, but that's maybe what, what he's needed. And that arm around him, if you like, in that he, he's he got now the the um, reassurance that he has started the season as first choice number 10. And Morris has put that that faith in him. And at the moment, I think he's... He's been great. To the and also to the degree I would I would say, and it's something we've we've commented on privately amongst my brother and my dad and and the guys that we sit with, that he has been very lightweight and not necessarily willing to get his foot stuck in on and take a foul when he knows it's going to come. But you need he, he would he would back out and and not um not get his foot in to move that ball on. For fear of getting hurt, I think the two games he's played so far this season, he's got clattered three or four or five times, doing just that. Um, and although he shouldn't necessarily have to have to get hurt, you know, in 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 the cause, it's um, I think it's made a material difference to him because he's he's coming away with the ball more often and he's he's making that half break that he wouldn't have been making. Um, if he hadn't have got stuck in for, the, for those ones where he's going to get hurt. There's, there's, um, it, it, it's all good with him at the moment. I think he's, he's looked, a, looked a very, very good player
2: and almost a new signing. I'm going to disagree with Steve a little bit there. Oh, of course, yeah, we like it. We like a fight. <laughs> I, I don't think he is playing as a 10. I think he's playing as a, a legitimate central midfielder, uh, but with licence. I, I mean, to me, I, I, I'd call it like a, a free eight Oh, old school now.
0: So you've just mentioned there, Tom, a couple of minutes ago, um, that Ailey was responsible for the assist for Mellor's goal. He should really have got the second assist as well um, for Baker Richardson's goal. But obviously Baker Richardson played a, a one-two off the goalkeeper. I think the best thing to mention on this one for anyone who wasn't at the ground yesterday is uh, on the scoreboard, you know this new striker we've signed gets his first goal for Crew. What comes up on the scoreboard? Mika Mandron goal. Um, so yes, yeah, someone's done something there, or not done something there uh, that maybe needs addressing in the future. Um, but Tom, it was a good goal though, and and Crew's uh, Crew's goal from open play, which is you know it's a rarity this season.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it was uh, Ague, uh cut in from the right hand side, and he found Callum. Just in the D on the edge of the box, it uh, was quickly closed down and, and, and kind of laid it back to to Baker Richardson, who, as you say, he, he had a first-time shot. Keeper parried it, but he was quick, quick to follow it in, and he, he actually played it back across the keeper, which re- a really nice finish in in towards the right-hand post. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really nice goal. He clearly very much enjoyed it. Went and picked out the photographer straight away and and was po- <laughs> posing for it, and and seems to be seems to be enjoying himself being on the pitch. Um, but, yeah, it was a lovely goal and, and really nice to see somebody actually follow in that shot and make sure, you know, if, if the keeper's not not going to gather it straight away, that we're, we're going to pounce on it.
0: Yeah, so um, there was a few um, people that could have got man of the match. I was surprised with the wackway. Not, I didn't think he had a bad game, but I didn't think he had a man of the match uh, performance. No, we mentioned Ayn Lee, we mentioned Sambu. We haven't really mentioned Aggie, who probably could have got Man of the Match. But the other one is Arthur. Now, the guys on the podcast called him King Arthur last week. I'm not sure I'm there yet.
2: Uh, You know, he's only played two games. But he's going the right way, though, isn't he, Tim? Yeah, I thought against Rochdale, Arthur was a little bit positionally naive. And I thought his distribution was a bit sketchy. But I thought he was much better against Harrogate. What I really liked was he was coming and claiming high balls into the six-yard box. I mean, if if he does that, it basically eradicates one of our biggest weaknesses over the last few years, which is that if you put the ball into our, our six-yard box, we are going to concede. And that's going to mean that the teams, when they're crossing it in, they're going to be having to aim for the penalty spot or the edge of the area, which completely alters our defence, I think. Um so yeah, if he does that, fantastic. Everything else is a bonus. Um, he did make a, a save that I would kind of describe as routine to good towards the end when it was three nil. Um, but I'm I'm very excited um, with what I've seen so far. Without getting carried away.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd add that he, he's he's added a dimension to our our defending because. He is six foot six and he's got long levers on top of that as well. So he, he is he is an imposing figure. And as you said, he, he's quite happy to come into the crowd and claim that ball in in the six-yard box. Um, I think he, the Rochdale, I, I I got the impression that they'd almost told him, keep goal, just kick it long when you can. We're not gonna mess around with anything. I thought yesterday there was he was bowling it out three or four times, um, which is sort of more what we're used to. Um, almost like he's had a, another week or so training and they, they then trusted him um, or rather he trusted them to to, to do that. But um, I, I did think actually the save yesterday, I, I'd say that it was in, in real life, it was a better save than it probably looked on the telly. Um, and not just the save, also, we, we commented about the fact that he didn't necessarily just get a flat hand to it. He, there, was, there was, an um, and it's probably thousands of hours on the coaching um, field, that he actually pushed the ball away so that it didn't drop for somebody to tap in. So he made the save and not just got across, but he actually sort of pushed the ball back so that it was, it was back 10 yards out before, um, before anybody could could blink. And I just thought he looked very assured, and you can see why he's, he's very high, highly thought of. I think he'll only get better as well with the game time. The so last
0: point I want to make uh, before we move on from the Harrogate game is, you know it was, uh, as I've mentioned, my first game back since I'd moved out for over a couple of years. Um, meeting a lot of the people from the podcast for the first time, saying hello, saying thank you, Uh, seeing a 3-0 win. It was a nice day as well. I mean, it didn't really get any better than that. I would say if I was looking for a negative, Tom, possibly the fact that Zach Williams went off injured. And I think, is there a possibility that he did come back maybe a little bit early? Or is this something that's not really related and he's just unlucky?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I was very concerned as well to see that. But again, having seen Alex Morris's comments afterwards, he said it's nothing to worry about. It, it, he was always coming off because his fitness, match fitness, isn't quite there. Um, so I, I don't know whether that's just a lucky coincidence that, that he needed to go down for treatment at that point or what. But it did, It looked worse than what it sounds like it, it ended up being. Um, but yeah, it. it, it I, I was concerned when I saw he was starting last week. You know, with, with limited time preseason but he's clearly such an asset um that uh especially with with Rio being out at the moment um and clearly they're like a wet in the field so um fingers crossed he can he can get up to full fitness and 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 play the majority of the matches this season i thought McDonald was excellent yesterday um a, a, another signing that was met with you know uh, apathy from at best from a lot of the fan base uh, and i thought he was absolutely superb, I thought Offord looked really confident alongside him uh, I just thought he's, he's exactly what we need in the middle of that defence so yeah it was um, it was really pleasing to see
3: Yeah I'd add, I'd add to that about McDonald as well in that I, I think that our problem for, for many years has been that we've tried to sign um, central defenders who can both defend old school and also play a bit um, which means that you get one that can't really do either our budget, Um, because if they can do um, both really, really well, they're not in our budget. Um, I think it's been sort of almost refreshing, actually. Morris seems to have gone for somebody who is a proper old school, lead two stroke league one defender, who's just happy to head the ball away and smash it as hard as he can when when he has to. Um, And I think that that has added... Something to our game because we know he can defend, and we're not asking him to do anything else. And I think that that's um, provided um, some some solidity at the back. Um, not not to say that he he can't play a bit, but um, I do think that um, he's noticeably better thus far than the ones that we've had in from else from outside the last three or four years, without mentioning any names. Okay,
0: I think that will do us for the Harrogate game then. Next, we will turn our attention to this week's games, starting with the League Cup game on Tuesday night. Okay, we'll move on to Tuesday night then and League Cup action at Grimsby. Now, Tom, when Tim wrote his website article, uh, he predicted crew in 12th. A lot of the professionals, for want of a better word, had us a little bit lower than that normally uh it's become vogue to say let's focus on the league forget about the cup this year but if you're predicting a mid-table season is the league cup something that maybe you can have a go at this year
1: i guess they yeah that's that that's a way to look at it i i suppose but i i think i think the majority of the given the start we've had i think the majority of, of fans would hope we maybe play some fringe players in in the cup and and uh and and keep going with the league. But but yeah, why not? Why not? Um it it's an opportunity, isn't it? It's it's been a little while since we've we've had something to shout about. So why not give it a go?
0: They have had a tough start since they've uh, come back into League Two. You know, they played Leighton Orient away that they lost, they played Northampton at home, which they've drawn. So one point, but Steve, those are pretty difficult games if you look again at where people think these two clubs are gonna finish
3: yeah i'd say say the 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 two half decent sides certainly at this level and um it will be interesting i think just to jump back on what tom was saying then to see what sort of team they put out um or, and we put out rather um I, I would suspect that there'll be one or two that that are on the fringes that will get a game but hopefully that 11 will be fairly, fairly strong and we'll we'll um we're we'll going to get a decent result out of it because, um, I, I do, I do think that, um, success breeds success. And if you, even if it's a mini cup run, then, then we'll not, will not say no, because I think that the, with the last 12 months or so at the club that we need to have, um, we need to have that winning mentality and that winning feeling back within, within the four walls. So, um, yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we do. We it's a good game, and we we get through it. Well, so it doesn't even need
0: to be that much of a cup run, I don't think, because if you look at last season, they only won the one game in the League Cup at Hartlepool, and then round two away at Allen Road. And Tim, I think I'm, I'm going to speak for you, but I would say that with you and a lot of other crew fans it was the highlight of last season. I mean, it's slim pickings, I know, but taking one and a half thousand well and road
2: on a Tuesday night uh,
0: was definitely up there, I think.
2: Yeah, it, it'd be nice to get a, a, a decent away day in the second or third or, or possibly even the fourth round. Um, you know, we, in the history of our club, we've never got past the third round of this competition. So it would be nice to achieve that. And it's pretty rare that we get a tie in this competition that we look, on, uh, look at and on paper, we should win. Um, you know, Hartlepool last season and then Grimsby again this season, let's go for it you know, Grimsby were still playing last season in June, so I can't imagine this is very high up on their list of priorities Um, so yeah, I'd play a relatively strong team and go for it. So same 11 maybe Zach's dropping out, but same 11 is Saturday? Uh, Maybe give people like Baker Richardson a go Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be making more than two or three changes, I don't think why why kill the momentum now by throwing in a load of kids and reserves and getting beat Okay, so Tim, I'll come to you first. Then score prediction for the Tuesday night game at Grimsby. I'll go one all and win on penalties. Tom,
1: I reckon two nil, two 0 to crew.
3: And Steve, oh Tom, you nicked you nicked exactly what I was going to say. I'd say two two nil crew. Yeah.
0: Okay, so everyone's got crew in the hat for round two, which is excellent. We will move on now to the league game on Saturday away at Salford. Um, A point I was going to make, but I'd leave it for this bit, is we have won two out of two, and Tom's mentioned there when we're talking about Grimsby that we've got this momentum. But I would say, and this is me being a bit of a killjoy, if you look objectively at the two games that we've played, people have predicted Watchdale to finish bottom or near the bottom. People have predicted Harrogate to finish around the bottom area. Objectively, these are games that we should win. Steve, is Salford going to be our... Biggest test of the season so far this week coming up.
3: Yeah, I would, I would say so, and I think it will be much more of a, an indication of where where we are actually at. Um, I, I'd alluded earlier to just that point that you made there that I don't think that either Rochdale uh, nor Harrogate yesterday will be um, will be nearer the top than the bottom. Um, Saturday will, I think, be a yeah, a a test, a more of a test. That um, Salford aren't going to run away with it. And my my thoughts on Salford and their rise um, via um, people's bank balances um, the system is is my thing. And I did find it an odd place to go when we went there three years ago. Um, yeah, a de- a decent test, I w- I would suggest and. They're they're full of chiseled journeymen, aren't they, who who um will be will be gunning for us, I would would suggest. And um yeah, let, let's let's give it a go. I think I think we, we are better equipped than we have been for certainly a few seasons to um to live with, with whatever's thrown at us um in this league. And um I don't think we go there with any fear, to be honest. Tim, they started off quite well, haven't they? They've
0: got four points from the two games they've played um, after their 0-0 box on Saturday. So, you know, it's early season. The people that are at the top might not stay at the top, but you would think that they will be in and around that area fighting for playoffs by the end
2: of the season, Salford? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in um, in my 1-24 to on the excellent Railwomen Review website, go and have a look if you've not already, um, I had Salford in 10 as opposed to, uh, I think I had Harrogate in 18th and Rochdale in 23rd. So they should prove a sterner test. Um, they've got Callum Hendry from St Johnson, who has scored goals in the Scottish Premier League, leading the line. And they've signed a player from the Turkish top flight, Stevie Mallon in midfield, who's apparently looked quite good at the start of the season. So, um, yeah, th- th- their manager is Neil Wood, who was... The United under twenty-three manager last season um and is is very highly rated. So I mean you've potentially got two of the highest rated young coaches in the land going up against each other on Saturday in uh, in, in Morris and Neilwood. So it should be a pretty good game. And I definitely agree it'll be a, a proper test of where we are in the in the grand scheme of things in this league two season. So uh
0: final bit with Salford then, little score prediction. I'll do it in reverse order from last time. Steve, what's your thoughts on the Saturday game?
1: 1-1. Uh, one, one. Tom? I mean, why, why stop
0: this train? Two one, two one one win. Excellent. And Tim? Um,
2: I, I'm going I'm to agree with Tom. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Excellent. Okay, I spoke
0: to Dave from the Salford City Facebook supporters group to find out what's going on from their perspective. OK, so I'm joined now by Dave Farrah, um, the Salford City fan for this week. Hello, Dave. Welcome Hello. to the pod.
4: No problem. Hi. Uh,
0: so I'll start with uh, a fairly simple question to get us going. How has the season started so far for Salford City?
4: Oh, very good. We go, we'll go at eight out of ten. We've had stasis for about three years of never challenging the top and being nowhere near the bottom. Uh, it was a bit frustrating last three years, and we got a new manager in, new ideas, said he'd play football. I play it on the ground, attacking, and that's what we're getting. It's good.
0: Uh, That leads me on nicely to the next question I was going to ask. Um, What is the feeling within the Salford fan base? Because obviously most people at this level of football know you've got very ambitious owners, uh, quite a lot of money for the league that uh, Salford play in, but they're starting another season in League 2. So is this a cause of concern for people like yourself uh, around the club, or are you just happy with where Salford are now, considering where they used to be?
4: All the people who can remember the old days before the class of 92 still pinch themselves where we are and what we're doing. However, after all the success of the last eight years, people want more. So there's always that dilemma, Salford fans. Yeah, it's great to be where we are, but you know why aren't we doing better with what we've got?
0: So let's go on to the game on Saturday, coming up this week. What sort of formation, what sort of tactics should we expect Salford to be lining up with? What, who, what should we look out for?
4: Right. It'll be an attacking formation. He'll um, play three up front. And given the last two games, we'll go for it in the first half and try and get a couple of goals ahead. Um, and then, 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 then control the game. But he's, uh, he's very keen on possession. He's very keen on attacking. And he's keen on dominating the opposition.
0: When you say he, you're talking about the, the
4: relatively new manager. No, he's a coach. He's not the manager. Uh, OK, so head coach. That's what he's called. Yeah, we've, been, okay. we've assumed the man, the, he gets managed by other people. Right. <laughs> We're not told about this, but he's a coach, uh, not a manager.
0: So sorry, who is he, just for anyone who's not aware? Where's he come from?
4: He's Neil Wood and he's the former uh, under-23s at Manchester United.
0: Um, and then players-wise, who are the danger men that crew, crew should be looking out for?
4: Uh Watson in the midfield, uh Hendry up, up front and Asante who uh has good days and bad days. He's, if he's on a good day, we will win. Okay.
0: Final question then, Dave, before I let you get on with your day, is what's the score gonna be on Saturday?
4: Uh go three one, Salford. Okay. Dave, thank you for your time. Well can can I just say uh, well done you chaps for being top of the table. Oh well, thank you very much. All the doom and gloom. And you and I, i both be happy if we finish above Stockport, correct?
0: Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think now <laughs> am I. Team to beat this season.
4: Absolutely. Nice to be with you. Okay. Yeah, bye-bye.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Final things that we should probably mention then is there has been an outgoing this week, um, late on this week, Conroe Reardon. He's gone think, six months, I believe, uh, to Wraith Rovers in the Scottish Championship. Tom, are you in favour of this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's really good for for players who aren't necessarily going to get in and around the first team um, right now to go out and get get some experience. He, he, you know, it should should prove him uh, prove to be uh, you know some good experience for him. And my understanding is that he actually had a really good game yesterday. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, I understand. You know, we don't have a, a complete wealth of centre backs at, at, at the club. So if if we were to get an injury or two, it, it, it might be an issue with him being out. But but yeah, I think it's it's really important for him to go and get some games. So so yeah, I, I, I see it as a positive thing.
3: I'd just add to that, Tom. I think um, first team football will be really really good for him, and we do we do seem to have a few bodies that can play in various positions at the back. And so it probably fits well that he's the one to go out on loan. And it's certainly not done the likes of uh, Luke Offord or Billy Sass-Davis any harm actually going out for for a few months to play without wanting to sound sort of old school or whatever, that men's football and and I I don't think the under-23s offers um, the same challenges. And for the same reason that Arsenal... I've wanted uh, Big Arthur to come out on loan to us um i think that that um uh, going out um to there will will do him similar good and um he'll come back a more sort of rounded player i think and a bit more um toughened up i, I would suspect and uh more more of a um more of an asset for us so all good i think
2: everybody wins. I think the other thing to say about the loan is that it's a it's a very good standard that he's gone to. I mean, Wraith played Dundee yesterday in front of 3,300 people in the in the Scottish Championship. Dundee were in the Scottish Premiership last season. Um, you know, that's got to do him a hell of a lot more good than going to a Northern Prem or a Northwest Counties Prem side and playing in front of 150 people and dogs. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it, it might leave us a little bit stretched for numbers at the back, but um, it's it's going to do in the world of good, I think. Right, just a little note then from me before we
0: finish for this week. Uh, it is about the website. I would just say it's been a little bit slow this week. Uh, there's an obvious reason for that. I've been away hiking for a week. Russ has been away camping for a week. So we've had a few uh, articles out, but not as many. But we are now back to pretty much full capacity from this week onwards. So do make sure you are checking out the RailwayMenReview.com every day because there will be stuff there for you to read every day that is new and crew related. But that will do us for this week. So, Tim, Steve and Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, James. Thank Gracias. Thank, Adios. You. thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Do a look at the Grimsby and Salford Games. Until then, goodbye. Ba 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 dang ba ba ding. Blue moon.